Welcome to When I Was Your Age, a podcast where we explore themes such as deconstruction, anti-racism, and justice from the lens of authors, speakers, and activists who explain what they wish they knew when they were our age. While these questions and topics can be a hard and lonely path for anyone, as a young adult, grappling with these ideas can be even more isolating when it seems as though our peers are simply coasting or out to lunch. For this reason, it has been truly essential for my sojourning to seek these voices out. Voices who have a little more experience or wisdom with the wilderness and the questions and the dark night of the soul than I do right now. Whether through books, social media, or when I was lucky, in my own life, these folks have become spiritual pillars, mentors, and friends. So my hope is to shed a light on these voices by bringing them to those who really need to hear them. I am looking at you young adults, myself included. Oftentimes, the content of their books and blogs are catered to unlearning lifetimes worth of faulty belief systems, institutionalized biases, and societal expectations. But my hope is to learn those lessons now in order to hopefully avoid spending another 20 plus years not living as the braver, freer people we could be. So, with that said, I'm your host, Meg Peck, and this is When I Was Your Age. Seeing as this is the pilot episode, I think it's time for a proper introduction. You're probably wondering what my age is. Well, I'm currently 21, about to be 22 in a couple weeks, which places me right on the edge between millennials and Gen Zers. There's this weird pocket of us born from about 96 to 98 that live in this strange paradigm between where we just remember VHS, even Stevens, and Fresh Prince, but we also know the difference between Snapchat and TikTok. If that's you, or someone on either end of the spectrum, I made this podcast for you. And who am I? Well, hopefully you'll stick with me through this series long enough for us to learn more about each other. But in the meantime, I'm Meg. And I live a whole lot of my life in the in-between. In addition to being queer and mixed-race Korean-American, I'm also going into grad school which is, again, the in-between of that still-in-school life and big, scary adult world. I'm hoping the guests will make it a little less scary, but TBD on that one. While living in the liminal spaces can often be exhausting, it's also a place where I found my courage, my people, and ultimately, myself. It's the space between the questions and the answers, faith and trust, the now and not yet. 
It's a space of unknown, uncertainty, zero control. As an Enneagram 8, I'm obviously thriving at that note. But this space is also where you can find your growth, healing, and ultimately, hopefully, your freedom. It's good and exciting and scary, and at times, extremely lonely. Which is why this podcast is created. To show you not only that there are people still in it with you, but that there are people on the other side. People who have walked through these questions and doubts and unknowns and survived. Thrived even, at times. And though it looks different for each person depending on their layers of identity, finding the bravery to do this beautiful yet terrifying work in order to be more more whole remains the same. You're already whole. Now it's about believing it. So here's the breakdown. Each episode, I'll have a series of questions for the guest, ranging from what they would tell their younger self to what Harry Potter house they would be. So I guess it's only fair if I answer a few of these questions for myself. Here we go. Question one. What do you spend your time doing? I just graduated from college, so for the past 20 years, I've been doing the same thing. School. So, now I'm not. And I'm kind of figuring out what's next. But as of right now, I am MedPEC BSW. Which sounds almost unreal to say, but I earned it and I'm proud. Over the years, I've had many odd jobs most recently being working at the churro truck in Waco called Churros Time. Hashtag ad. But I don't want this answer just to be about occupation. I want to know what people live for. Like, what makes them feel alive. And for me, I love to stand up for the marginalized. And when that gets completely exhausting, as it often does, I also love to write paint, be in the sun, and send snail mail, all of which I've been privileged to be able to be doing these past couple weeks in quarantine. So to sum it up, I'd say I'm a dreamer, creator, and avid believer in good people. Question two, tell us a little bit about your journey of awakening, deconstruction, just sojourning in general, before, after, that whole thing. Well, I grew up in a biracial, military, Christian family. My mom's half Korean and my dad's white, but her mom was her primary caregiver and our mom was ours. So, to me, it felt like we were more culturally Korean than we actually are. Um, However... For most of my growing up, we kind of just assimilated. Um, as far as my faith story goes, it was a very, fairly typical story. Um, I accepted Jesus into my heart at a very young age, and church was our primary source of community. 
Each time we moved because of the army, my parents' first priority was finding a church, and they always quickly got involved. My dad as a deacon, and my mom as a Bible study teacher. Literally everywhere we went. And I'm kind of grateful for that because we, it's kind of where we got our friends. Um, and that's kind of the draw of the church. But their lifelong dream was to become missionaries. So fast forward 15 years and they do just that. Right as I enter college. All in the fall of 2016, mind you. And so there I was in Central Texas at Baptist University in the South. A recipe for success, you might think. That's exactly what I thought. So it was interesting because growing up I had lots of diverse friends. Despite living in Colorado Springs, I had many of my friends were minorities, um, people of color, LGBTQ, um, but when I got to Baylor, I quickly assimilated once again to fit in and honestly climb the ladder within these, like, predominantly, probably all white Christian organizations I was part of, um, and that's what I did for, like, the first two years of college, um, and I was thriving. I, like, quickly got leadership positions, um, for being different <laughs> than the rest of them. Um, and it wasn't until my junior year that I started waking up, in a sense. So, it's pretty much after a series of events, uh, like, um, this frat president getting um off rape charges with just a $400 fine Kavanaugh being appointed Supreme Court justice and the midterm elections in Texas um all this kind of culminated and at that same time my church was completely silent not standing up for women, not standing up for immigrants, not standing up for the marginalized. And I was shook, I'll say it. Um, And at that point, I knew, I just looked at myself and the spaces I was in. And I knew then and there that I had lost myself. And I, I had no choice but to find her again. So, at that same time, a professor of mine who was a woman of color, um, she just kind of walked through that journey with me, my cultural identity, my faith identity, and she pretty much just, there was a moment where she looked at me, and she was like, Meg, you're a Korean-American woman, and you don't need to prove it to anybody. And that just stuck with me, and from then on, she introduced me to a bunch of authors and speakers including Barbara Brown Taylor, Rachel Hell Evans, Kathy Kong, Austin Chan- Channing Brown, Caitlin Curtis, the list goes on and on. And even though it was painful as hell, this work is freeing and worth it.
So I recorded this podcast during quarantine and in addition to reading a lot, I also like to write. So I've decided to include a poem in this episode. So here is a poem entitled Day 43. Day 43. Everything is out of control. I'm panicking. Terror. But then I stop, listen to the birds, see the earth for what it is. Beauty. And I think everything will be okay. The world hasn't stopped moving. The birds still sing, the fish still swim, the dogs still bark. We fight, laugh, cry, and more. All of this is still living. We still have air in our lungs blood in our heart, everything will be okay. And even when we think we're giving up, we keep going. Our bodies keep going. What brighter day than this? And the final question is, what do I wish I would have known when I was younger? And It's kind of a weird question because I would probably only say this is about two years ago. Um, And I'm still young and I have multiple overlapping identities. But I found that it can sometimes be really difficult to discern what's mine to carry. And so I've had to learn that even if I really, really care about something, it's okay not to hold that space. And sometimes it's just having to trust that someone else will come along to hold that space for me. Not to say that silence or complicity is alright, but that sometimes, especially for marginalized peoples, rest is a form of a resistance. So I guess I tell my younger self not to lose myself for the sake of others. Because in the end, you'll just spend even more time trying to find yourself again, your true self. And I guess that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I want to continue discovering my true self and hopefully helping listeners do the same. Thanks for listening to the pilot episode of When I Was Your Age. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and followers. And if you're interested in being a guest, fill out the form in the episode description and we'll see what we can do. Thanks again so much for listening and here's hoping for round two.